Hello and welcome to another Inside Line podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Cameron. In this podcast, I will be discussing two travelers who contracted Babesia while traveling to the United States. I first read about these cases in the Korean Journal of Parasitology by Kwan and colleagues. The first woman was a 50-year-old housewife who was admitted to a hospital in South Korea with a fever, abdominal pain, and nausea. She had visited a forest in New Jersey, United States, four weeks earlier. She described a reddish skin lesion on the right proximal calf area that was suspicious for a tick bite. And two days later, she had a headache, muscle soreness, fevers, and chills. If she had remained in the U.S., doctors would likely have suspected Lyme disease. But now she's in South Korea. And in South Korea, doctors are more likely to suspect malaria, since malaria is endemic to the northern areas of South Korea. She had a blood smear suspicious for plasmodium species, and they suspected that she had uh, malaria and treated her for malaria with hydroxychloroquine. But the subsequent blood test did not show malaria. So the doctor looked again at the blood smear. In this case, there were four plasmodium-like, which is seen in malaria, but in this case, they looked like Maltese cross, which is M-A-L-T-E-S-E, seen in Babesia. This is a ring-like structure in the red blood cells in a tetrad form that resembles a Maltese cross. The PCR test, which is a DNA test, was also positive for Babesia. In this case, Babesia is a parasite carried by the same deer tick that carries Lyme disease. It's something we're really comfortable with in the U.S. The woman was treated for Babesia. Her fever, abdominal pain, and lab findings resolved within a day of treatment. Now, the second woman was 72 years old. She was evaluated at the same hospital in South Korea with a fever of 99.9 Fahrenheit. She was moderately anemic with a hemoglobin of 10.8. Her platelets were low. Her C-reactive protein and sedimentation were high, consistent with inflammation. So again, they saw malaria-like organisms. They suspected malaria, but her malaria antigen tests were negative. They looked again at the blood. In this case, there was again Maltese cross forms, the same forms described in the first woman. So the doctors treated her for Babesia with atovaquone and azithromycin, but her medical condition worsened. She had a fever and her lungs were congested. The treatment was changed to the alternative drugs called quinine and clindamycin. And this is a combination that's used sometimes for severe cases of Babesia. This combination has more side effects than atovaquone and azithromycin. She also required a red blood cell exchange. In that case, the doctors removed red blood cells and replaced them with healthy red cells. But her condition worsened. She was intubated. She was on a respirator. The doctors added doxycycline for a possible co-infection with Lyme disease or anaplasmosis. Tests actually confirmed that the woman had a concurrent infection with Lyme disease with a co-infection. Unfortunately, she died 31 days after admitting to the hospital. Only eight cases of Babesia infection have been reported in South Korea, wrote the authors, seven of which were imported. In this case, imported means from another country.
So what can we learn from this case? First, Babesia can mimic malaria. Second, the onset of Babesia can be delayed. Both of these women developed Babesia weeks after they traveled to the United States. And third, as the number of travelers abroad increases, it's important to be aware of tick-borne illnesses such as Babesia. And what questions does this case raise? How often are travelers contracting Babesia and other tick-borne infections while traveling to the United States and abroad where there's endemic areas? Is there a way to promptly recognize Babesia in an area endemic for malaria? And would early detection of Babesia and Lyme disease in this 72-year-old woman have prevented her death? We certainly need research in this area. Thanks for listening to another Inside Lyme podcast. You can read more about these cases in my show notes and on my website at danielcameronmd.com. As always, it is your likes, comments, reviews, and shares that help spread the word about Lyme disease. Until next time, on Inside Lyme.